get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Michelle Smallman, Randy Carricker with you, and the NBA continues here on 101 ESPN as it'll be the Bucks and the Hawks tomorrow with game number six of their series, and the Bucks have a chance to put it away in Atlanta. We head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. George Sedano of ESPN. He has sideline coverage of the NBA on ESPN. Also, ESPN Los Angeles joins us now. Former co-worker up in Bristol with Michelle. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Good morning. Thanks for having me. George, I wanted to ask you first about Chris Paul. Randy and I were just talking about Chris Paul during the break. And this trip to the finals, long overdue, what does this do to his legacy? Not only getting to the finals, but doing so with this Suns team. Well, Michelle, it's great to hear your voice. Um, Randy, you as well, as, I, uh, as you introduced me. But the, uh, the reality with Chris Paul is this, is he was by far the best player prior to the other night to have never reached the NBA finals. I mean, the next best player, if you look at their resume was probably George Gervin. And I think the gap between Chris and George, as far as where they rank all time is pretty significant. So he's just had so much bad luck in his career. And let's face it. If you look at what happened in the first round, when he had that really bad stinger against the Lakers, it was kind of like, Oh no, here we go again with poor Chris Paul. Uh, But he was able to overcome that because Michelle, I think the difference is he came to a team that was ready, that was kind of on the precipice of being not only a playoff team, but a team that could potentially contend. Now, they've had some good fortune along the way, right? Anthony Davis gets hurt. LeBron is kind of dinged up. Uh, They've dealt with some things that uh, internally as well that have worked out in their favor. But I think it's just the combination of, you know, good fortune and he's found the right guy to, kind of partner up with, particularly in Devin Booker. Devin is basically a 24-year-old version of Chris Paul. Chris said it the other day. He's he's like an old soul, that he's the oldest 24-year-old he's ever met, and he's a lot like him. He watches games every single night. Like, that's where his focus is, and he's a crazy competitor. Like, the, com- the, the level of competition, even amongst themselves in practice, was just off the charts, and it's just something that Chris hasn't had in regards to uh, a previous teammate where the same personality has been able to kind of mesh together. The egos in the past perhaps have gotten in the way. And I think Chris has learned from those experiences, but has also kind of met his match and kind of his, uh, you know, has now has a, a guy in Devin who can be kind of a, a, a mentee of sorts. George, at the moment, Phoenix has their guys with Paul and Booker and DeAndre Ayton along with uh, their their supporting cast. And it seems like at best in the finals, Atlanta with Trey Young and Milwaukee with or without Giannis, if those guys are playing, they're going to be compromised. D- does Phoenix have a pretty distinct advantage here because they've won the war of attrition? No question. I, I, I don't think there's any question about that. And look, regardless, they've also been pretty dominant in the postseason this year, despite some of the issues they had early on in that Lakers series where they were down two to one, I mean, they pretty much took care of business against Denver fairly easily. <laughs> so yeah. I, those games weren't even very competitive, to be honest with you. So when they're at full strength, they, they are a team to be reckoned with for sure. But yeah, the battle of attrition this year in the NBA is unlike anything we've seen. 
if I recall the number correctly, I think all-star caliber players this season have missed almost 20% of the games, and that includes the playoffs. So this has been kind of like an NFL type of season where we see this much more often, the battle of attrition in the NBA this particular year. George, I want to go back a couple weeks to the 76ers getting bounced and all of the conversations surrounding Ben Simmons. Philadelphia says they're going to work with him in the offseason, try to help him refine his skills. But what do you think happens with Ben Simmons? Do you think that that situation in Philadelphia specifically is something that can be fixed? You know, I'll tackle your first question first. Like, what is it? I don't know, uh, to be frank with you. It's interesting because this past summer, I did a feature on Anthony Edwards, who was the number one pick in the draft this past season. And with that feature, I spent a couple of days with him and the guy he was working out with was Ben Simmons. And they were going back and forth, you know, one-on-one, three-on-three, you know, they played some runs five-on-five or whatnot. And in those runs, you know, I would see Ben Simmons shooting the ball without any hesitation. Now, granted, they weren't always going in or whatnot, but the hesitation part was not there. And I don't understand why in the games they're they're there. I, that it's just I, I don't understand it. I don't get it. Um, I, I understand to this extent that he understands that he's not great at it. So he's great at a lot of other things. So he tries to do what he's great at, which is a passing the ball because nobody has gotten his teammates more open threes than Ben Simmons over the last two years. And two, defensively, he's incredible. He finished number two in the Defensive Player of the Year voting. But at some point, when you don't have enough offensive threats around you, you need to become an offensive threat. So I think he's taking that more seriously this offseason and perhaps uh, will find a way to not only enhance his skills in the offseason and work on that, but apply it during the regular season. But I I don't know why it it is. Uh, I mean, I've talked to him about it, and he just – he just tries to say things like, I try to play the right way um, and, and give up what the defense is giving us, but, which is generally the rule of thumb. But sometimes in a playoff series, when things get bogged down and you, get play, you play things in the mud, you may have to force the issue a couple of times, and I think he's learning that. ESPN's George Sedano with us with Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. George, that was a pretty imp- impressive performance by the Bucks last night without Giannis. Granted, Atlanta doesn't have Trey Young, but that that was to me a really impressive performance by Milwaukee. What did you think? Yeah, look, Chris Middleton is a really good player. Drew Holiday was signed to a max deal, and they traded three first round picks for him for a reason. Like this team is good, and the resurgence of Brook Lopez in Milwaukee over the last several years has been really impressive. This is a guy that we felt like was casted aside after his days with Brooklyn and New Jersey, but. Ultimately, what we've seen in the NBA, and this has helped Milwaukee some, is kind of the resurgence of the big man or the importance of the big man. And we've seen that with Phoenix, with DeAndre Ayton. Uh, we saw it even a little bit with the Clippers in the mixture of Evita Zubats and DeMarcus Cousins. And, and certainly the Lakers last year where they had guys that played important roles, whether it was Anthony Davis or even Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I think that we're seeing a little bit of that. But I think that they're, they're just a team that's pretty deep. And even without Giannis, as great as he is, they can find their way to win games. Granted, again, they've had the, they had the good fortune and Atlanta's misfortune of not having Trey there on the other side. And, and they're dinged up on a number of levels, too. But you've got to take advantage of what's on the floor. And, and they were able to do that. And look, the insertion of Bobby Portis. I want to give him credit. He's a big man, too. 
he injects a lot of life off the bench and was able to do that with the starting unit last night. George, we wanted you to come on to talk NBA, and I don't even know if I've shared this with you, but we need to ask you an NFL question. Did I tell you that Randy and I are now officially Miami Dolphins fans, that Carriker and Smallman oh, is no. a Dolphins show? Yeah, so as you know, George, we do not have an NFL team in town, and so we did a segment trying to find a team. We put it up to a poll, and our listeners selected the Dolphins for us. So as a Miami guy, please give Randy and I a reason why we should be optimistic about the Dolphins and specifically about two Tua this upcoming season? Well, I, I just think Tua was coming back from a situation where he was, I mean, dealing with an unprecedented injury, basically. I mean, only one person has ever had an injury as similar to his, and it was Bo Jackson. And, you know, we know what his career went like, right? Now, granted, modern medicine, a lot of things have changed. Uh, Tua's strength is accuracy. And I, I don't feel like they had the weapons, particularly on the outside in the receiving core. They had probably one of the worst receiving cores in the league last year to allow him to not, I mean, he got the ball out to them, but you know, there wasn't much they could do with it. Now they've added um, certainly plenty of weapons uh, on the outside and particularly Will Fuller. Uh, you know, they drafted one of his former teammates from Alabama, obviously. So they, and now you've got Devontae Parker as the number three receiver, in uh, in Miami, which is kind of better for his skill set. He's not a number one. I don't even think he's a number two. So now he slides into the number three role, uh, which helps them. And then, look, defensively, they're fantastic. <laughs> they're one of the best teams uh, in the NFL when it comes to defense. It's wild because there's not a lot of teams in Vegas whose numbers have risen this offseason as far as their over-under is concerned. And Miami's one of them. Because I think the smart money is saying Miami is going to be a playoff team this year because they believe in Tua's growth uh, and that he's going to have a, uh, a season where he's going to have a full training camp. Uh, he's bigger, he's stronger, and they've got players that can fit his skill set. You couple that with a great defense, all he needs to do is not turn the ball over, right? And that's something historically he's been very good at. He hasn't, he hasn't turned the ball over very much. So because of that, um, I like the Dolphins this year. I think the Dolphins will be a playoff team. Uh, they were close last year, and, and they're better this season. And outside of Buffalo, I don't know if the teams in their division have gotten better. So I think they've got a pretty good chance. The AFC isn't as deep as the NFC. So there you go. I think that, that that's reason to believe that they can be pretty good. Fridays and Mondays, lots of T-Pain on 101 ESPN in the morning as we play the Miami Dolphins song. There you go. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> hey, George, great to hear your voice. Thanks so much for taking the time with us. We do appreciate it. We'll have to do this sooner than we have. We've been on the air for a year, and this, this is. And you're, we appreciate you getting up early in L.A. too, by the way. But uh, it's of always course. great to have you on the show. Anytime, guys. Take care. Thanks, George. All right. Well, listen, I don't know if you heard, but there's two children knocking at my door that uh, <laughs> apparently need some tending to. Same segment over. You got it, George. <laughs> Take care. That is George Sedano of ESPN with us on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. 
TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.